Amen. Now, we're going to get into the word of the Lord here in a minute, and, uh, but we're going to do something different tonight. Anybody okay with a little different tonight? Oh, we've got one that's really excited. Good. Well, I want, to, I want to do something different tonight. I want to bring our first lady to this podium. She has done an incredible job as a mom and a wife, and I am extremely blessed to be married to this little lady. And so I've asked her, before we go any further, I've asked her to talk to you guys for a little bit about prioritizing your children and learning how to connect with your children. Connection is something your children are craving. Again, whether you have a 4-year-old or a 44-year-old, it doesn't matter. She's going to spend a little bit of time. And again, knowing her, she'll probably say more in five minutes than I can in an hour, okay? Uh, but I want her to talk to us for a few minutes and share her heartbeat uh, as a mom, from a mom's perspective, about connection in the home. Come on, Sister Babe, talk to us. Well, I don't know really why I agreed to do this, but I did. And this morning when I woke up at 5.30, I was immediately like, why did I do that? But here we are, and so we're just going to jump right in. Everything that I'm giving you right now is just practical. Pastor can do the spiritual, okay? So how many of you would agree that we live in the most connected society, right? Yes? I like participation, okay? You don't have to be, don't be quiet on me. That's boring. Okay, so we live in a very connected society, right? Yes. But in being a connected society, we're very disconnected. Would you agree with that? Does that make sense? We're connected, but really we're disconnected, okay? Why? Does anybody know why? Because we're so busy. Because we're so busy being connected. Yes, that's a, that's a great answer, okay? We're connected on our cell phones. We're always reachable with social media, you know, our Apple watches, which I don't have mine with me, but, you know, our Apple watch, you're constantly dinging and reachable. You're connected, but really you're disconnected. Okay, so when I think about my home, I think of one, one thing. Um, I want people to leave and feel like they've, they've made a connection, that our kids feel connected, that if you come over to my house, that, like, you weren't just there, you know, eating or whatever, visiting, but you left feeling like, what was the point of my visit? No, that you made a connection with us, okay? But more importantly, and to tonight, into our series, I want my kids to feel connected to us as parents and also to their siblings, Right? Because everybody desires and really requires some kind of connection with God, with other people. Connection is a relationship in which a person, thing, or idea is linked or associated with something else. So how can you make sure that people in your house, your children, or your family, how do we stay connected? Okay? Number one is you have to slow down and enjoy life. You have to learn how to say no. Everyone say no. You can say no. You can tell people no. Society today, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. It's, it's almost like it's a competition. Like, I'm so busy this week. Oh, well, you just don't know what I have on my schedule this week. I am way busier than you even thought about being. Okay? So we read a lot of parenting books. And Dr. Kevin Lehman, he's one of my favorites. He's a Christian um, psychologist, right? And he recommends on his podcast and his books that each child, which I know that everybody in here doesn't still have kids at home, but some of us do, and that's where, that's where I'm at right now. In your household, every kid gets one extracurricular activity. Okay, so we looked 
And I look back at our last school year, and I see how having more than one can make your, your kids feel, they get burnt out, really. Okay, so we, last year, we just had two. We, each kid, well, Peyton and Baylor, they were in an instrument lesson, and then on top of that, we did Bible quizzing. Well, by the end of the school year last year, first of all, they didn't even learn all their material. That's kind of on us, not on them. But second of all, by the end of our school year, by May, they were so done with their instrument lessons. Peyton loves playing the piano, and she loves piano lessons. But she was like, ugh, I have to practice piano. Ugh, I have to go to piano lessons. And so this year, this school year, we're just doing Bible quizzing. And the older that they get, the more, by the time they're Noah's age, they might be able to bear more, you know, and they might be able to handle more. But this year, we saw that we needed to read their cues, and we realized we were too busy. We were making their schedules too busy. And then we can't connect with each other because he was taking the boys and staying at home, and I was bringing the kids, the other ones, to instrument lessons. And it was just like a revolving door, and it was tiring. Okay? Number two is we have to disconnect from the outside to connect on the inside. Now, that, you can't do that all the time. I know that. Okay, I think you all understand what I'm saying. And I'm not saying you can't call me or pastor. That's, that's our job. But whenever we're too busy worrying about everybody else, sometimes we miss connecting with Peyton, Baylor, Gentry, and Marley. And they're the most important, really, right now in our season. So I'm giving you permission that you don't have to be accessible at all times, unless it's an emergency. So there are times of my day that my phone goes on personal mode. Does anybody know what that is? Does anybody else do that? Kaylee? Okay. There are certain times of my day that my phone, if you text me, your text will go through and everything, but my phone doesn't ding because I just need that time. There are certain times in the day that I need to relax and I need to get away from my phone so my calls don't go through, my texts don't come through, and then later I'll go back and I'll look and I'll see, oh, somebody was texting me. I can get to it whenever I need to. Same thing at night. My phone every night at 9 p.m. to I think it's 6 a.m., it's silenced, unless you call me two times in a row because then it's probably an emergency. But I've had to set that boundary in my life so I can make sure that I'm focusing on my kids. Now, like I said, an emergency is different. Okay, have you ever been talking to someone? This actually happened to me the other day, and it annoyed me so bad. I'm sorry I'm human, but it annoyed the snot out of me. Okay, somebody asked me how to do something. My friend, it was a friend. She asked me how to do something, and I was like, okay. She opened the door. I'm going to give her some advice. So I'm standing there, and I'm explaining to her how I did this thing. And in the middle of it, she takes her phone, and she just looks like totally, not even like a, hold on one second, like it's a, you know, it's an emergency. She just looks at her phone, and she's texting, and I'm standing there talking to her. I was like, girl, you just asked me how to what did you do? Like, I literally, I really wanted to kind of, like, slap her phone out of her hand or something. I did it, but I wanted to. I was so annoyed. And if I have ever done that to you, I am, I am, I'm genuinely sorry because that's rude. It's aggravating, and it makes you feel like whatever's on their phone is more important than what, than you. And so if I feel that way as an adult, I try to be very mindful of that around my children because if they come in the living room super excited to show me something or tell me something and I'm on my phone and I don't even give them a, hold on one minute, I just got to take a care of this one text, you know, 
they want our attention. They're dying for that. So be mindful of that for your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, okay? Number three is you need to eat dinner as a family. How many of you on a regular, like, growing up, so everybody, now I'm not talking about now, like, growing up, you did that. You ate dinner as a family. Raise your hand high. I want to see it. As a mom, that is, we are going to do that unless, I mean, really, there's no unless. We always eat dinner as a family. And it doesn't really matter what we're eating. Sometimes it's a taco bueno box, like one of those whole lot. We, we love those. Sometimes we go to McAllister's, but we're together. Sometimes we're sitting around our dinner table and we're fasting, but the kids are eating because they still have to eat. You know, they're, they're little. They, they can't fast yet. Um, but it's about that connection after a long day, especially when you have kids, but really whenever you have adult children too. It's letting your children tell you about the good part of their day and the bad part. I'll ask my kids. I'll be like, what was something good that happened today? And then I'll be like, what was something bad that happened today? Because I want to hear the good and the bad. It's allowing them to ask questions. You can ask anything. Because, you know, I actually listened to a podcast the other day. And it said that to children, like Baylor and Eli and Leyland, probably not Noah. But the, the first person, am I saying this right? The first person that they hear a topic on the first person that introduces a topic to them, that person in their mind is an expert on it. That's kind of crazy to think about. So if they talk about the stars and the moon, whatever, you know, to, to a kid, that person is an expert. So I want my kids to be able to ask me anything. I don't want them to have to be worried about that. So ways that I like to connect with my kids, these are just like free little, you know, put notes in their lunchbox. Peyton loves that. Every morning that I pack her lunch, she's like, do I have a new note in my note in my lunchbox for today? Praying in your home together, that's connecting as a family. My kids don't pray. They really just annoy me more than anything when we do family prayer because they're like, hey, mommy. And I'm like, I'm praying. <laughs> okay, praying in your home, reading your Bible together. Listen, I like to listen to my Bible. We listen to the Bible sometimes together. Sometimes if I'm making lunch in the morning, whatever, you know, getting their lunchbox ready, I'll turn the Bible app on, and I'll listen to it, okay? So number one was slowing down, clearing your schedule, making sure it's not too busy, enjoying life. And we, we have busy times, busy seasons, but it's not being too busy. Number two is turning off the rest of the world, sometimes, not all the time, but, you know, giving it a break sometimes. And then three, eating dinner together. Now, that's all for children still living in your home. Whenever you have grown children or in-laws, which I'm, I'm their favorite, really, because I birthed four of their favorite people. So I'm, like, way at the top of the list. So this isn't really, this is nothing bad about them, okay? Whenever you connect with your adult children, I think we would all agree that you connect with an adult different than you connect with a four-year-old like Gentry, right? Sister Teresa is not going to be like, Oh, Jordan, how was your day? Like, you're just not going to do that, okay? You, it's different. They grow up. And that's one of the things is you cultivate an adult relationship with them, okay? If you do all the kids stuff right, you get that connection right, then whenever they grow up, you don't have to give them unsolicited advice. They'll come to you for advice. They'll want your advice. Invite them over for dinner. Cook for them, which my mother-in-law does for us. Call them. Now, I'm not a call-me-every-day kind of girl. I don't want you to call me every day. That's, that's going to be too much, okay? But call me once a week. I'm good. I don't have that much to update you on, okay? 
teach them, okay? But you can't teach someone you don't have a connection with. Okay, so these are just some practical tips on how to connect with your children. Now, pastor can come give you the spiritual side. She can talk to you a lot better about being a mom than I can. Because it's a proven fact that I've never been a mom and I never will be. And uh, I'm pretty proud of this young lady. She's doing an incredible job with our kiddos. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful every day that I get to be her husband. And uh, she's right. She is mom and dad's favorite. But that's okay. I am my mother-in-law's favorite. And that's a true statement too. So it, that's good. That's good. One of the things that uh, you know I, I value about my wife is that she has made it a very intentional practice to connect in our home. And and it's it's easy for us to connect. We put those little hoodlums to bed. We'll sit and talk there at the her. She's in her chair. I'm in my chair. And life's great. And if it's a really wild night, I get a cup of coffee. And uh, so we, I mean, it's that's just we're. It's easy for us to connect. But she is very intentional about connecting with our children. And um, I know I'm on my phone too much when she walks in the room and says. It always starts like that, that deep sigh. I hope our kids don't think we're always on our phone. I'm like, I'm putting it up. I'm putting it up. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, let me send this text. I, I'm putting it up, praise God. But I do appreciate her and all that she's doing, and I appreciate her sharing that with us tonight. Amen. Know, know something about this. Just to be clear, uh, Pastor and, 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 and your First Lady, we are not perfect parents but we are trying to be intentional parents. Did you catch that? We're not perfect. I, don't, I, haven't, raised, I haven't raised teenagers yet. I, done it. I don't know what that's like yet. It's coming if they live that long. I will say being a parent of four kiddos, I now understand why sharks sometimes eat their young. But I will tell you this, we are, we are trying to be very intentional because I want our children, first of all, to know that mommy and daddy love them unconditionally. But I also want them to know that Jesus loves them unconditionally. Amen. Amen. So you don't, don't stand. We're going to get quickly into this. But I do want to take your attention to Genesis 26. Genesis 26, verses 24 and 25. The Bible says this, that the Lord appeared unto Isaac the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. 25 gives the result of that little prayer meeting. The Bible says, And he, referring to Isaac, builded an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. I want to talk to us tonight, uh, building on what... Uh, our First Lady has already mentioned, I want to talk to us about priorities in the home. We need to make our connection and our homes a priority. But also understand that in the grand scheme of things, where do they fit? Where do they fit in our jobs? Where do they fit in our church? Where do they fit in our uh, pastimes and our hobbies? How do we connect with our children, connect with our spouse, 
and maintain biblical godly priorities in our life. I'm talking to you about family matters today. Amen. The dictionary defines priority as something given or meriting attention before competing alternatives. Let me say that definition again. It's something given or meriting attention before competing alternatives. How many of you agree with me today that we have a lot of things competing for our attention? There's a lot of things. The job, the church, uh, there's, there's the kids, there's bills, there's housework, there's yard work. Unless you're thankful right now for a drought, you don't have to worry about watering anything and mowing anything because it's dead, okay? Uh, you've got... You've got uh, friendships and extracurricular activities. You've, uh, maybe you've got school for your kids or even for yourself. There's all kinds of things seeking our attention. And that's just the life part of it. We're not even talking about the social media aspects and the, the things that, that pop up on a news feed or, 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 or the news that we listen to and we read about. And There's all kinds of things looking and trying to capture our attention. We, as apostolic people, as biblical people, we must prioritize those things. There are some things that need our attention immediately. There are other things that are not urgent. In fact, uh, I believe it's Stephen Covey that talks about the, the four uh, ideas. And a lot of these leadership experts talk about this. And management experts talk about the quadrants of needs. How there's the urgent, extremely important. There's the non-urgent, but yet still important. Those are daily tasks that you need to do in order to succeed, but they're not an emergency. You've got the the non-urgent, uh, or the, the urgent but not important. Those are things that need to be done, but typically you can delegate to somebody else. And then you've got the non-urgent, non-important. These are the things that are time wasters. Not necessarily wrong, but you got to prioritize. You don't want to put an urgent, important thing behind a non-urgent, non-important thing. And so we've got to learn as apostolics, especially as parents and as, as husbands and wives, we've got to learn what it means to prioritize and make sure our priorities are correct. Your Bible, and the text I read to you today, gives an incredible template for how to prioritize. Isaac is called of God. He is the chosen seed of Abraham. And in, and in uh, Genesis 26, 24, God gives him incredible promise. I'm going to bless you. I'm the same God that spoke to your father Abraham. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to keep you. I'm going to do great things through you. Now that's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Okay. God gives him the template uh, for his life. He tells him, this is what's going to happen as long as you will be faithful to me. And in verse 25, Isaac provides a template for how to prioritize his life. This is how Isaac, from this moment on, keeps his life in order. The very first thing that the Bible says that Isaac does in this moment is Isaac builds an altar and calls on the name of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to help somebody here today. You're going to be a much better dad and much better mom. You're going to be a much better grandparent, aunt, uncle. You're going to, you're going to, you're just, it's going to be so much easier if you learn how to prioritize your walk with God first. I'm going to make some statements here, and you may disagree with me, but hear me out, and hopefully it'll make sense when I'm done. If 
my entire family, God forbid, decides to walk away from truth, I must be saved. I'm not talking about life changes to, to help my, minute, or my marriage. Um, I'm not talking about uh, making choices for my children to help them grow and develop. There may be some things I decide not to do because I want to do what's best for my kids. or I feel like I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about at the end of the day, if this little lady and these four precious kids, again, God forbid, decide this is a bunch of, uh, of craziness and nonsense, I have to still be focused on the cross. My relationship with God, my altar needs to be built. Amen? Allow me to go ahead and make some statements here today. Uh, Again, we've got to make sure the altar, our relationship with God, and our family is correct. Okay? We've got to make sure we prioritize the things of God over everything else. Okay? Okay? Now, can I just be real tonight? There are many people that have missed what I just said because they've given themselves 120% to the work of God. And in an effort to give themselves to God, they've lost their marriage or their children. That's wrong. The work of God is not what I'm talking about right here. I'm talking about an altar. He didn't build a church. He didn't build a temple. He didn't build a civilization. He built an altar. And he called on the name of the Lord. In other words, for Isaac, this was a personal relationship. Everybody with me? Ladies and gentlemen, do not become so busy working for God that you and I miss the relationship with God. Don't become so infatuated with doing something for him that you miss how to meet with him. But if you'll prioritize, if you will prioritize the things of God, if you will prioritize your relationship with God, and you will put it first, if you will put prayer first in your marriage and in your home, it will take care of the rest. Everybody with me so far? So he builds an altar. Secondly, he pitched his tent. He provided for his home. He established his household. Okay? The family came only after the relationship with God. The family was the second most important thing in his life even before his job. Did you catch that? It came before his job, his career, before his extracurricular activity. His family was important. Husbands, you and I need to prioritize our wives and our children. I should have at least got some more amens from the ladies on that one. Ladies, you need to prioritize your husband and your children. Men, this is really big for us because a lot of times we compartmentalize, uh, especially uh, where we are right now. And a lot of us, I know there are some that are, uh, there's, well, let me say it like this. There's a lot of uh, families, whether you're a two-income family or a one-income family, it doesn't matter. But whether you work, ladies, you work outside the home or not, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> a lot of times we men think, well, I've got I've to make the living for my family. 
And whether mom's working or not doesn't matter. We still compartmentalize and we think even though mom works, she's still got to get home and cook and she's, she's, she, you know, she's still got to take care of the laundry and, 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 and that's housework. I'm not going to do that because I'm a macho man. Okay? And it's very easy to compartmentalize and think, well, I'm going to prioritize my job, but I'm not going to, I'm going to let mama worry about the family. We need to make sure we don't misprioritize things. Guys, I'm going to be real with you. Um, my kids aren't going to really, they're not going to really remember the, 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 the vacations we didn't take. They're not going to remember the presents that I get them for their birthdays. In fact, most of the time those last about two weeks and they break and they're done with them anyway. You know what they do remember? The fun moments that dad spent time with us and the memories of dad being there. Prioritize your family. I want to say this public. I've, we've talked a lot about this in depth. We've talked a lot about this over the years, and we've only been married nine and a half years, so I can only imagine how much time we're going to spend in thir- by the time we've hit 30 years. I can honestly say my dad worked a lot of hours growing up, but I can honestly say that this man always prioritized his family. And he'd come home and he'd throw the ball, and we'd throw the frisbee, and we'd spend time at the dinner table. It wasn't, he wasn't rushing off to the golf course. Probably needed to. But he, did, he wasn't rushing off to go play city league softball or anything like that. Nothing wrong with any of that. I'm just saying he wasn't worried about his hobbies. He was worried about prioritizing his family. And so that's the way we need to be. We need to make sure that we take time and prioritize and make sure the tent is in order. Okay? And then and only then do we dig a well. The well gives sustenance. The, the well provides the living. The well is the ability to feed the flocks and irrigate the gardens. And in that day and age, it was the, the ability to, to live off the land as long as you had a well. The well came after the relationship with God. And the well came after the family dynamic. Now, can I just be real? We've got it wrong in American society. Because we spend more time preparing for the well than we do the family and the tent and the altar with God. Think about it. We send them through school, high school. We we try to send them to a trade school or a college. We we try to talk them into getting a good job and going to work somewhere. And they spend 60 hours a week, 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week. Depends on the type of work. They're doing everything they can to provide for the well. And we're missing the fact that our tents are crumbling. And our altars are neglected. You see, there is an order to this. Again, let me say some things that I hope will challenge our families today and and, and challenge every individual here. I am a firm believer, Isaac, that if you will prioritize the altar, if you'll prioritize everything in correct order, when you get to the well, God will always provide the substance. Well, I, I don't... I. I'd come to church, but I'm always working. Your priorities are out of line. Amen. Your priorities are out of line. Because if you put the altar first, again, I'm not talking about doing the work of God at this point. I'm talking about a relationship with God. If your priorities are right and you build your altar daily, weekly, monthly, year to year, I build my altar and then I prioritize my family, God has a way of making sure the well never runs dry. Well, glory. 
I'm convinced that God has a way. In fact, I've got a friend of mine. We served together on the General Youth Committee for several years. He's got a buddy. He had a buddy in high school that when he graduated high school, he took a job at a little sandwich shop known as Jimmy John's. Anybody ever heard of Jimmy John's? Okay, They used to have one in Nacogdoches. I tried it one time. It was nasty. I didn't go back. Okay, But Jimmy John's is a national chain. Uh, they're all over the U.S. and I believe in Canada as well. And uh, uh, Matt had a friend that went to work for Jimmy John's. And he told the manager, he said, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Uh, and so I'm going to need off on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to need off on Sunday. I don't work those two days. I'll work any time. I don't care what the hour is, morning, noon, or night. doesn't matter. I'll work any time. I'll work overtime, but I can't work Wednesday night, and I can't work Sunday. And that went on for several months. He was doing his job. It always worked out. If they tried to schedule him, he was able to switch with somebody. It always worked out that he didn't, uh, was, was able to be off on Wednesday night and Sunday. And he stayed faithful to that until the day came that the manager walked in the first of the week and said, you are working Sunday. He said, boss, I can't do that. I've got church. He said, no, you don't understand. I I know you've told me that, but I ain't got nobody else. You either work or you don't have a job here. He said, that's fine. Saturday will be my last day. And so all through the week, remember, you're working on Sunday. I'm not working on Sunday. All through the week and all the way up to Friday afternoon, it's about quitting, almost quitting time. And the, uh, the manager walks by him and said, you're going to be here Sunday? He said, I've already told you, I don't work on Sundays. I've given that to God, and I don't work on Sundays. He said, I'm telling you, if you don't show up Sunday, you don't have a job here. He said, that's fine. I'll just quit. I just I won't have a job here today. I'll, in fact, you can, today will be my last day. About that time, the door opened, and a man walked in in a suit and tie. said, I need to talk to the manager. It was the district manager of Jimmy John's. Walked in, pointed him to the manager's office. He walked in. What the workers didn't know is he had come to clean house. Unbeknownst to them, there had been some issues in the corporate world. And my buddy's friend watched as his manager got fired. And the district manager walked into the kitchen and pointed to Matt's friend and said, You are the new manager of this store. Needless to say, he kept up his commitment to be off on Wednesdays. And on Sundays, now he's managing a store. Now he's doing this. And as it came, as time passed, he began to climb the corporate ladder of Jimmy John's. Today, he is the vice president of the corporation known as Jimmy John's Sandwich Shop. And God has blessed him over and over and over. Why? Because he got his priorities right. I don't move the altar. I don't. I don't mess with the tent. Once those are in order, I'll, I'll go dig a well. But I, if those aren't in order, I'll, I'm going to focus on that before I get to the well. Young people, I'm telling you, God has a way of blessing. If you'll prioritize the altar, if you'll prioritize your family, God will bless. One of the elders in my life, Brother Carl McLaughlin, pastors in Euless, Texas, uh, teaches what he calls the four P's of his life. Okay, and I want to share that with you today because when he shared it with me, it really made an impact. The four P's of life. I'm talking about priorities tonight. Okay, Family matters. I'm talking about priorities. The first P is person. My first job, responsibility, calling, whatever you want to call it in life, is that God has created me a person. 
Which means that I have a priority to make sure that Jordan is right. My prayer life, my health, my emotional health, my mental health. I've got to do everything I can to protect this. You know why? Because if I get off physically, I'm going to be a bad pastor. I don't feel good. I'm going to get grouchy. Probably going to snap at the kids. If I'm not praying, I'm not going to be a really good husband. I got to make sure that first, before I can be anything, before I can preach, before I can uh, discipline my kids, before I can connect to my wife, I've got to make sure that the person is right. The second P is partner. Again, before I'm anything else outside of being a person, I'm a partner. God has put me with this wonderful, beautiful, talented, gorgeous person. I'm so, I'm so blessed. I'm telling y'all. I'm blessed tonight. She is too. She just don't know it. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's, that's my partner. That, that's, the, that's the person that God put me with for the rest of my life. And I, I'm looking. It's, it's a good life with her. And I've got to make sure that our, I've got to prioritize that relationship. You know why that's important? Because if that relationship gets off, <laughs> y'all going to suffer. Some of y'all chuckle, but you know it's true. The reality is I've got to prioritize my relationship with my wife because I want to make sure that we are connecting. When we are connecting, when, when our relationship is right, the church is going to be blessed. The church is going to thrive. My kids are going to be, there's going to be peace in the home. I've got to work and make, and I'm going to say something here. She's more important than the kids. And he's more important than the kids. Your spouse is more important than your children. Don't believe me? Wait 20 years and when they move out, see where you're at. You're going to look over at the recliner at the old man sitting next to you, the old lady sitting next to you, and you're going to think, I don't even know those people. Where did this stranger come from? Amen? We need to prioritize. I know it's crazy. Guys, we have four. Do you know how many arms I got to twist for somebody to watch all four of them? I, I, I tell you, I, it's just, it's mayhem. And they're all on a different level of annoying. <laughs> Guys, I watched this one all day by herself. My beautiful wife was subbing at the school today. I watched this one all day long. I'm worn out. Just her. She's climbed on everything in our house. She's pulled out every drawer. I've shut doors. She's like Houdini. But guess what? I still have to find time to prioritize that me and mama are right. Amen. And... I I'm going to say this as, as, as elegantly as I can say this. Men, that's more than an intimate moment. Taking her to coffee and letting her get out of the house is sometimes millions, exponentially times greater for her than anything else you can do. Just let her get out of the house. Okay? Connect, prioritize. So I'm a person, I'm a partner. Then and only then I'm a parent. 
My wife said it a while ago. I hope you didn't get offended, but I'm 110%. I almost took a lap when she said it. My children are the most important things in this church to me. Your children need to be the most important people outside of your spouse in your world. They've got to be. That's the mission field that God gave you. That's the opportunity you have to connect somebody with the gospel. You need to prioritize your children. They've got to be a priority. They've got to be a focal point. You got to spend. If you can't spend all your time in prayer, you can't spend all your time with your wife or your husband. You've got to take time for your children. You've got to spend time with them. You've got to invest in them. Again, I got four of them. There's a there's a lot of them running around, but we've got to take time. Now that may look like that may look like Baylor riding with me to go to come to Alto and and do something at the church and come back home. That may look like us going to hit a bucket of golf balls at the driving range and the golf course. That may look like uh, me taking them to the deer stand. Guys, it's a hoot to take these kids to the deer stand because they don't know how to be quiet. It's, it's, it's like a, a free comedy show, folks. And, and I don't care how many snacks you bring and how long, how soon it's been, how quick it's been since they've eaten. That, um, we sit down. Daddy, can I have a snack? Can I have some more snacks, Daddy? But you know what I'm doing? I'm connecting. I'm prioritizing my children. Make... And I know, I know schedules allowed and, and different things. You can't make everything at times. I understand if you work off or on shift work or different things. I get stuff. Life does happen. But when you make the effort, your children see that. They see that. They see that. And it means something to them. It means something to them. It may, it may, not, it may not seem like it's making any sense when they're four and six and seven. It may, it may seem like you're running in circles, but I promise they'll see that and it registers. And when they turn 16 and when they turn 18 and when they turn 22, they're going to come back and they're going to connect. They're going to have that connection and you're going to have, have done something right. I'm a person. I'm a partner. I'm a parent. And then, for me, I'm a pastor. For me to be the best pastor you deserve... I have to make sure these other three are right. I have to make sure the other three are right. Now, I can't spend all my time with my, my beautiful wife. I can't spend all my time with my kids. I've got things to do. I've got obligations. But in order for me to be the most effective pastor I can be, I've got to spend time with God. I've got to spend time, make sure my person's right. I've got to spend time with my wife, make sure we're right. Spend time with my kids, make sure we're right on that level. And then, and only then, I can become the best pastor you deserve. And you say, well, I'm not a pastor. That's okay. Whatever position you hold. You digging ditches, that's great. You selling cars, wonderful. You work at the bank, awesome. You cutting down trees, great. Grinding stumps, wonderful. You work at an oil field, work in the oil field. You teach, medical field. It doesn't matter. You can become the most effective position that you can be and do the best work when those other priorities are right. So prioritize. My wife said it beautifully well ago. And I think it would be good for everybody to say it again. Everybody say no. no. That is a powerful word that you need to use. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to tell somebody, I'm sorry, I can't do that. My wife and I have a date. 
Don't be afraid to look at somebody and say, I appreciate the opportunity to do that, but that's family time. I've got time with my kids that week. It's okay to say no. Prioritize. And when we prioritize, what we're doing is we're, we're telling those in whom we're in relationship with, we're telling those, you are valued, you are important, and we want you to, this isn't just something I'm talking about uh, because I, 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 I want you to, to get it and move on. No, I want to show you what it's like to live for God. I want to show you what it's like to be what God's called you to be. And so I'm prioritizing my relationship with you because I want you to be called and used of God. Family matters, folks. Family has value. It matters. And we ought to value it by placing high priority on it. Now again, I understand uh, if you've got grown kids, you're out of that, ray, uh, that, 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 that season of life where your kids are not as big of a priority. I get that. I understand that. Okay, You're in a different season of life. But still prioritize. Still spend time with your family. Invest in them. Invest in those grandbabies. Spend and inv- and I'm, when I say spend, I'm not talking monetary. Let me tell you, the greatest resource you have is not how much money in your bank account. It's the time on your clock. And when you invest time, they're going to remember that more than the gifts you buy, the vacations you. They're going to remember the time you spend. Peyton's going to remember you driving her around, letting her drive around on the side by side. That's what she's going to remember. I saw somebody shared, I think it was Brother Dyer shared a picture of one of the granddaughters where he's on their side by side. He put it on Facebook. I thought, they're going to remember those times together. Feeding the cows, huh, Brother Porter? Those boys are going to remember that. We went and fed the cows with, with uh, Papa. Hey, guys, that's what we want to do. We want to prioritize our family. They matter. They're valuable. And the whole point of prioritizing them is to make sure they make it to heaven. I want them to learn how to love Jesus. I want to make sure that I prioritize my relationship with God in front of my kids, in front of my wife, and in front of the church God allows me to pastor so that I can show you what it looks like to have a relationship with Him. I want you to, I want you and my children and my wife to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to see that and go, I want that. And the only way I'm going to do, be able to lead you In that regard, the only way I'm going to be able to lead my babies to the cross is if I myself have prioritized a walk with God and shown them this is how we do it. Amen. Would you stand all over the building?